Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to this episode, a brand new episode of Believe in Grizzlies. Right now, I have um, Zachary Boyd. He's an on-air producer at Sports 56, um, Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. He also is a social media manager for the uh, new Tri-State Defender. How are you doing, Zach? Sharon, it's a pleasure talking to you. Everything is well. How how things on your end? Everything is good. So let's talk about these Grizzlies. So they played the... (laughs) <laughs> they played the Boston Celtics <laughs> um yesterday right before the Super Bowl. Um I see some fans were mad and hot, but me, I wasn't because I thought it was going to be a scheduled loss anyway, even though um the Celtics were without Jalen um Jalen Brown and uh Marcus Smart, but this you know, they still had um Jason Tatum, they still had Al Horford, and then they got, they added, you know, some three-point shooters and things to that nature. I still think they was going to be a tough out, you know, in Boston for the Grizzlies anyway. But the thing is they had 20 more rebounds than the Grizzlies, and they shot 21 threes. Ooh, that's a recipe for disaster. But however, the Grizzlies only lost by 10 points, and they had, you know, had advantages in the game where they could have went up or made some leeway. But I think they did pretty good, but I don't think it's just the end of the world for the team at this point. What are mm. your thoughts? Um, I think uh, watching a game against Boston, I'm, like, like you said, it, in my mind, it was a scheduled loss. I think overall as a team, Boston has been through a lot of – ups and downs as a team and so mm-hmm. it made so you know at, you know as a team they've been they've been through the the struggles mm-hmm. and so they know how to adapt and change uh quickly um and that's something that the Grizzlies got to figure out um uh, as Ja getting is getting ready to get into his second contract is how quickly can you adapt and change uh throughout the game um uh, I wasn't I, I wasn't totally upset about the game i think mm-hmm. i think looking at it you know looking at it as a fan perspective it was like yeah like it's you could you could have won this game if you would just limit this limit that you knock down a couple more shots if you was a little bit more focused here but i mean i think overall like it was it was going to be a scheduled loss um because i just think as a team the celtics are they're they're, they're they understand each other's tendencies a little bit more than the Grizzlies, um, but I still think, and it's and it's kind of funny that that we we played the uh, played the Celtics uh, yesterday or that Super Bowl Sunday, mm-hmm. um, because I kind of view like I kind of view the Grizzlies in that in I guess timeline wise uh, with the Celtics how they stuck with their core even though everybody was you know clamoring to like. Let's let's blow it up. Let's go again. Let's bring in another star in and let's, you know, accelerate this the title window. And they pretty much stuck with their same players. Um, 
and made it and made actually made the finals last year only to to lose uh to the Golden State Warriors. So I think there there there's a lot of similarities with with both of these teams. Um and you kind of saw that, you know, Super Bowl Sunday where even though Tatum didn't have it that night, you know, you had Derek White, you had dudes like <laughs> Sam Hauser coming off uh, and giving you giving like career highs during the right. game. So I there are similarities, but I wasn't really too upset about it. Right. And then, like you said, it's just like people be so quick to just blow it up, blow it up. But sometimes I think that people don't have patience. And then it's just like the Grizzlies, they are way ahead of schedule because people was like, well, they're in a rebuilding and all this, then the other. But it seems like they get better um, and have gotten better every season. But it's just like this is a test because like they went on a 11 game winning streak. And then like right now, it just seemed like they just can't figure it out on how to win and some and a lot of that to me I think it has to do with coaching and it just seemed like Jenkins is just gonna him and his staff gonna have to figure it out who to play what to play when to play um how to do the rotations you know I I mean I'm not an NBA caliber coach or things of that nature um you know I go off what I see how it is um doing the games but it's just like that's what he get paid for I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not up for his job or things of that nature. And I think he's a good coach, but I think that he just need to figure some things out and the players need to figure some things out themselves because it just seems like, seems like to me, I mean, they just standing around looking, they're not moving the ball side to side. And then it's just like, they do that one-on-one action. And I think that they should, I, I, I think they should come up with some more plays because my thing is this, you know, like traded for Luke Kennard, they, you know, got rid of Danny Green. My thing is this, if mm-hmm. he is one of the best three-point shooters, get him more shots. He should have took more than four shots yesterday. You see him over there in the corner by himself, you know, just standing there or whatever. And then it's just like they're not passing the ball. I'm, I'm, I'm like, what was your point of trading him, trading for him, if you're going to go let him sit? shoot four shots? I know you have to get used to him or whatever, but still. Right. Yeah, Passing uh, the ball. it's it's right. No, because because there are moments where I was I was saying the same thing. I was like, if 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 he's supposed to come in and be this uh, secondary ball handler next to John and Dez, then it's like, yeah, give him a ball, give him the ball, and and kind of just let him see what he can do. Um, now I get it. It's it's the first game, so the last thing he. Luke wanted to to do is, is disrupt the flow and chemistry of what they've already built. And, you know, rightfully so, because at this point, because, I mean, he, he'll be playing his second game since the trade deadline and mm-hmm. the All-Star break is coming up. So it's, right. so I think, I think, you know, once they kind of get into the lab for the next week and kind of figure some things out, um, how to kind of structure their offense, especially on the defensive side of things. I think I think you will see a lot more of Luke um, than you will the, these these last two games or so. Uh, I just I think I think patience, which that that's that's something that of a trigger word here uh, uh, now with uh, with Grizzly fans. But I think patience ha- has to be a thing. 
uh, that we have to kind of wait on because it's just there, there's a lot of moving parts to this. You got your you factor in another shooter, factor in another ball handler. And then on top of that, you got to fix your own self-inflicted mistakes that have been pretty much hampering you the entire season. So right. and then I think like, I, I think over time. Go ahead. Say that again. Go ahead. I don't know what happened. No, I, 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 no, <laughs> I just, I, I just think over time, uh, they, they will get to that point where, okay, this, all this is second nature now. It's just, it's just when, when you do things on the fly, you go, you tend to go back to the things that you know, and what they know how to do is, okay, we could give the, give the ball to Ja, and Ja can like create for us. So I think, I think in time they will figure it out. All right, and then my thing is, this is just like they trying to figure out what they're going to do with Luke Kennard on the offense. They, you know, they just not figuring out what they need to do with Jaron Jackson Jr. on the offense. <laughs> I mean. I'm, yeah, hey. that's, that's, that is interesting, man, because we, because, because, because we've been clamoring for Jaron to get more shots. Right, uh, and then it's since, just like. Since last then, season. Right, and then you see when he get more shots, you see what happens. So I'm just trying yeah. to, I, I just don't, I, I, I just, I, I mean, it's just like, I know that they, well, my thing is this, I don't think, I just think that they need to call actual plays instead of letting them figure it out on their own, because it's just what it seems like they're doing, figuring most stuff out. Yeah. And then you and just I think, can't, I you think can't also play, you can't play isolation basketball at all times. Like when it worked against Rudy Gobert, because like, Ja couldn't, you know, he couldn't really guard Ja. But some of the other people, right. like when they crowding him in the paint, you, I mean, you got to do something different. Yeah, I think, and I and, and I think also, like, Taylor kind of having to go through that same process, because I, I mean, even like, like I mean, I've, I've been very critical of him as of late, mm -hmm. uh, of how how especially late game situations of getting mm -hmm. everybody organized i mean right. I've, I've been like like that that's been like mo my most critique uh with the team the last few games because it's it's like it's like we're we're making we're making high school mistakes uh on the nba level and it, it should not happen uh because everybody should understand like hey like we're not fouling here or Hey, we're we're putting ourselves in front of the basket and making them, you know, go around us. Yeah. And, um, so in a way, in a way, Taylor and the coaching staff are probably going through that similar transition. Cause I mean, to them, this is I wouldn't say this the same offense, but this is pretty much the same offense that got them to this two seed this year and last season. So I'm, it's just I don't know it, it, it's just one of those things where where the playbook is out on you and now teams know exactly what you're doing you got to develop a counter for it exactly. and and right and with Taylor being still an inexperienced coach even though he has coached his team for four years going on his fourth year there's still some things that he got to figure it out and um, and I guess I'm not trying to make excuses for him because you got guys like Joe Missoula with the Celtics. He <laughs> he literally taking that same Celtics team and making them even better. Uh, but I think I think patience has to play with Taylor as well. I think 
he's not a bad coach. It's right. just it's just moments. It's just moments of lapse. And right. I think once they understand, and once they get, once they get to this All Star break and kind of reset everything, because then by that time you're you're working with about what 26, 25 games left, and so now it's legit a mad sprint to the playoffs. And so I think I think once they get to that, once they get to this break, um, you might see you're probably going to see a renewed focus and a uh, and a more attention to detail uh, with this team. Okay, and then I wanted to ask you about because, like, um, yesterday I was talking to some fans in um, Grizz Nation. Okay, they was like really hard on Jaron Jackson Jr. I don't and know why. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, it's just like Timson will he keep fouling out in the big games? Okay, to me, this is it wasn't a big game to me. Oh yes, it was on ABC or whatever. They, I mean, it's the Eastern Conference team in the regular season, and it's not like it was the NBA Finals. And then, right. like John Morant himself saying that Boston is a team that they should be worried about. They haven't beaten Boston but one time since Job been here. So I'm just trying to figure out why people they think well these these national TV games are big games. They're they regular season games. I mean. I, I just don't understand. It was like, well, Jaron, he keep fouling, he doing this and whatever. But it's just like Jaron, some of the fouls that they're calling on him, to, it's based on reputation to me. And then it's just like mm-hmm. they can beat y'all up, you know, in the paint, and then he don't get a foul call. You do something on this end and whatever. And then I, sometimes I don't think the ref be calling it fairly. Sometimes they do call it fairly. But the thing is, it's just like it's on reputation. He was trying his best not to foul out, but Hey, that's he did. Well, he always fouled out, but he only fouled out three games this season. Yeah, yeah, it is crazy. Uh, and then, and then th- did they not see how he played against Utah? I mean, did they not <laughs> see how he played when games that they won? And then, like, I saw somebody said, "Well, we need to trade him." I'm like, what? They gonna yeah. say, "We need, okay." If you need him on the floor, what's gonna happen if you trade him and he's one of your best defensive players? How can you replace him? Yeah, um, and, that's, just, and that was and that it. was my biggest thing. That 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 was my biggest thing with last season because the thing is everybody expect Jaren to be on Jaw's level, and you can't you can't do that for every player. Every player cannot be Ja Morant. Everybody has to play their role, and so in a way, yes, can Jaren play better? Of course he can. Like we saw it <laughs> towards the when back end when they actually the gave him the ball. Yeah, yeah. When they when they give him the ball and you can see him producing, like yeah, like he can he can be your second or third guy on this team. Um, it's just it's it, it's the nature of the one. It's the nature of the NBA today, because right now it's all about putting it put put the ball in the guards hand hands and let them create. And so the bigs are pretty much obsolete on the on the offensive end unless it is unless offensively it is schemed for them. Um, unless you're like a Jokic, uh, Embiid, I'm not with Carl Anthony Towns at times. If you if you're not skilled at that level to 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 have the offense tailored to you, then it's like your your purpose is to play defense and catch lobs and block shots, I guess. And 
that and pretty much Jaron has done that and and done that he and done more with that because right. he can put the ball on the floor. I it's it's really it, it's really like a patience thing like with Jaron because because uh, the thing because because the thing about last season and everybody everybody was just upset with with how Jaron started last season how it's like it's it's a slow start for Jaron I don't understand why he can't get off to faster starts and I'm like. Well, one, he got Ja Morant on the team. So that's the fast starts are kind of on and off, depending on if Ja sees him or if the plays run for him. Mm-hmm. And then two, it's man, like you said, like sometimes he gets he gets himself into situations, whether it's his control or not, where he is out of the game. Now this year, now this year, he's done it, he has done a really, really good job. Right. He's done a really, really good job of at least staying out, staying on the floor. Um, could it could be could it be more impactful? Sure, I guess. Um, but at least you have, at least you have your seven footer out on the floor. Because the thing, because because the thing about the NBA, if and you and and if you go look at most of these rosters in the NBA. You have a seven footer that can one play on the defensive end and can knock down shots on the perimeter. Not to say that that's an exact science, but you gotta have a guy, you gotta have a big that can stretch the floor and play defense. By trading away Jaron to get something in return for him because of air quotes, he gets in foul trouble, you're losing your mismatch on this team you're easily losing your mismatch like if you go back and look at the portland game where the grizzlies lost on their home floor to portland every there portland was losing players left and right and they're throwing combo forwards damian lillard and anthony simons on jaron all you had to do is just lob it up to him and he's gonna dunk it every single time they weren't doing it but instead it <laughs> Yeah, but instead, like it was just a straight perimeter game. I shoot, you shoot, and this and the Trailblazers, because they got the better shooters, they end up winning the game. So I think I think it will be a mistake to trade Jaron. Now, it would would there be a Godfather offer to say, I don't know, maybe Jokic says that he he wants out of Denver? Then sure, like I could see a scenario where Jaron gets traded to Denver, but. In all likelihood, Zach Kleiman in the front office, along with Taylor Jenkins, um, they like the guys that they have. They believe in the guys that they have. So it's just one of those things where you're just going to have to stick with him. And hopefully as this core develops and matures, like they will start to understand and say, okay, yeah, like he has a mismatch. Let's go to him. But the thing about it is since some fans, they, you know, they wish he was. They want to trade Jaron. Any team in the NBA would be lucky to have Jaron Jackson Jr. Any team. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, especially, like, especially a guy that's blocking as many shots that he has while missing, what, about 14 to 20 games this year? <laughs> I think he missed probably about 15 to 16 games this season. 15 to 16, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, any any team would love to have a seven footer that's willing to block shots and and knock down threes. Like, right? Who's going to say no to that? Yeah, but you know, Jaron is not getting ready to get traded. You know, regardless of what some of the wishy washy fans want, 
but it's just like they just continue need to find a way to help him be better like uh, mm-hmm. on the ends of the floor because to me he's the best yeah. two-way player that they have the best two-way he's not the best player but he's the best two-way player that they have and then it's just like i do once him i do want to huh go ahead no, I was gonna, I, I, I was gonna say something because it kind of because talking about Jaren, talk, you know, br- reminds me of other younger teams um, that I've watched over the years. And mm-hmm. my biggest comparison, my biggest comparison to this is the Phoenix Suns uh, uh, during the years of grit and grind. I can't, I can't remember what year it was like. Oh eight, mm-hmm. was it two thousand eight? Where the Phoenix Suns and the Grizzlies were like fighting for that last spot, and Suns had just a loaded, like a loaded roster full of young players, and then they messed around and they, you know, didn't properly build the team right mm-hmm. because they felt like it was like, oh, it was an all-in season now because because we we're on the edge of the playoffs. But instead, they they didn't let the they didn't let the players cook. They didn't let them kind of go through some more growing pains before starting adding more pieces to this team. And so I think I think in correlation to the Grizzlies, that's kind of sort of what they're kind of going through, especially with Jaren. You gotta you can't you, you can't just give up you can't just give up a guy uh so so quickly in his in his career because of what's happening right now with him. You I'm gotta gonna, you, you gotta I'm let a- him figure it out. I'm gonna go a step farther. Okay, so Grizzlies defense. Okay, before when he was out, you know, uh, dealing, you know, from his uh, foot injury when he had surgery over the summer, when he was out at the beginning of the season, the Grizzlies offense was twentieth. Uh, where that? Where are they yeah. now? They in the top five right now. So he, and then that's why people were saying that he should be defensive player of the year. So you tell me you want to get rid of your defensive player of the year? Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't make your, your sense. Your first team all defensive player that he's going to make again? Yeah. It, it, it doesn't make sense. He was the re- yeah. And he, he was the reason why they they made that turnaround and went on an 11-game winning streak. He he was the biggest difference. And that's why um, he's an all-star. Obviously, hard to make it shine. That's why he's an right. all star because he's he defense. Right. So it just yeah, it it doesn't it doesn't make sense to to, to trade what Jaron is what, twenty three? Yes, he's twenty three. He is twenty he is twenty three years old. It doesn't make sense to give up on him so easily. It it doesn't. Like just because he's just because his play is on and off and he gets into foul trouble, it doesn't make sense. To get rid of him so easily, so quickly, it doesn't make sense to me. And then Stephen Adams is so important to this team. He's so important offensively and defensively. And people were talking about, well, there's gonna be a time where uh, Stephen Adams not gonna be here, and Jaron and uh, Brandon Clark need to play together. But do we see how important Stephen Adams is? Do we see? Do we understand? Oh, yeah. The team understand oh, yeah. this. The team understand it. But I think fans and media, you know, they were like, well, see, they just, I don't, I just don't get it. I think people be looking too ahead too far in the future where it, it's just not going to work. Stop, slow your roll. 
Take it one game at a mm-hmm. time. One game at a time. I think initially, like like when when the Stephen Adams trade happened, you know, I was I was immediately for it because it definitely freed up shots for Jaron, for Dez, and for you know any other guard that was coming in because because at some point you you're gonna have to go and play modern basketball mm-hmm. um to stay competitive you got to play the perimeter game to stay competitive so mm-hmm. when steve-o came in i was like okay cool like i know he's not he's not gonna ask for shots he's not gonna ask for touches um and so offensively everything is gonna gel i just you know looking at it now i i didn't don't understand or I didn't realize how important his presence was going to be mm-hmm. uh, because initially I was just thinking that okay like Steve O's just here for 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 a little bit and he's just gonna get we're gonna trade him mm-hmm. go get another young big that can fit with this core that they you know they can grow together and then they and then immediately it's just gonna everybody's just gonna figure it out and to be honest like I didn't one how young Steve uh Steven uh Steven Adams is, how young he is, is to start off with. He hasn't hit 30 just yet. Um and then just offensively his passing ability really opens up the offense. And I think that's what's really been missing um from his game. It's just the the passing from the pose, from the mm-hmm. mid pose. Yep. The dribble hands off, hand off the mm-hmm. hard screens to kind of free up Ja to kind of get the one on one matchups mm-hmm. in the paint. I, uh, you know, Tillman Tillman has done a really good job in his absence, but he's trying to replicate that. Yeah, trying to trying to be a a, a lesser Stephen Adams, um, but you can just see there there is a clear difference mm-hmm. um, when Adams is on the floor, and you can see that the offense. You know, at times will sputter because there's just not enough ball. Like you said, there's not enough ball movement left um, on the floor. I, so we'll see. He signed his extension, so we'll we'll see if he uh, if, if he's here for 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 another long term. I think another two years left on his deal. So we'll see. So um, okay, they got a game coming up Wednesday against Utah. And then they're on the break. So, realistically, where do you see the Grizz, Grizzlies ending um, this in the regular season? And it's just like people, you, you know, saying like they talk so much, they do this, they do that, or whatever. But to me, I think they control their own destiny. They're number two yeah. right now. I... The Kings, the Kings slowly but surely but it's just like when they built you know like a a lead so far it's like if they keep winning or whatever they keep winning won't nobody really take that number two but people were saying number one but i, I think i would like them to mm-hmm. say it too I, I think i would like to, like for them to say at number two yeah i think i think um when this when season ends i think they will be the two seed because i think they they have built themselves a gap, mm-hmm. enough of a gap, to where they could they they can withstand it, and then also um, other teams in the West they gotta they they still got to adjust to their new teams because again like everybody below um, the Grizzlies 
I think except for the the Timberwolves, mm-hmm. they've all made some significant trade to their to their roster. And so all of those all of those teams have to make adjustments. Mm-hmm. Now they'll have a week this upcoming week uh you know all-star break to kind of make those adjustments and get everything together. Um but it plays into the Grizzlies' favor because they have they have continuity. They right. have guys that played with each other, so they know everybody knows each other's tendencies. And then by that time, Stephen Adams will be back on the floor. Mm-hmm. And so I think when it all said when 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 it's all said and done, I think the Grizzlies will be the two seed. Um, it just it, I mean when it comes playoff time, it really it really gonna depends on the matchup of who they're gonna face um, in that first round because they because they will be facing. Uh, the team coming out of the play in uh, from seven or number eight for number seven, number eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, you know, I think, I think they can get it done and they can, you know, get back on track and regain their footing uh, for the number two spot. Uh, but, you know, with a young team, you got to bring the focus. You got to bring the energy every night because uh, your peers are going to do the same because they mm-hmm. see you at the top of the standings. All right. And um, so where do you think they're going to finish um, when it's all said and done, like in the playoffs? To me, I think like every year since John Jenkins been here, they have improved mm-hmm. every season. I think that this time they probably would go to the Western Conference final. That if, if they figure yeah. things out right now, play to their strengths or whatever and do what they need to do. Because for me, I, I know they need threes. Or whatever, but sometimes get the better shot. Get the better shot because, like, paint points, like you get those, <laughs> they can help you go a long way and <laughs> work on your freaking free throws, man. Yeah. Wow, that's just like yeah. some of the games they lost if they'd have made their free throws. Ugh. Yeah. So, uh, so what, <laughs> what 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 would it be for you? What would be like a um necessarily won't be a disappointment um where do you think they finish in the west i mean from a linear standpoint definitely the west conference finals Mm -hmm. um but you know zach Kleiman, the gm he said it he said it numerous times that you know the path of of the process isn't always linear Mm -hmm. and so if anything man if anything like like a, a second round exit wouldn't wouldn't I and this maybe maybe this is controversial of me saying this uh, a second round exit wouldn't be as controversial on my end because by that time you're dealing with the the last uh, what the last the last eight teams in the mm-hmm. NBA and so there so with the last eight teams is almost considered elite teams. Mm-hmm. And this team is still this team is still fairly young, um, even though they've even though in my heart of hearts and my unbridled confidence, uh, if last year Ja didn't get hurt, I believe they would have made it to the Western Conference, the Western Conference uh, Finals for sure. Um, but I think I think linear wise, it does make sense for them to strive to get to the Western Conference mm-hmm. Finals. Um, but I'm, but if it, but if it's a competitive 
seven-game series in the second round, then it's, then at that point it's like, look, it was a tough, but it was a tough, tough matchup. You gave them seven games um, to prove they're the better team than you, and they, and if that's the case, then so be it. You just go in an offseason, retool, make this roster even better. Right. Well, thank you for coming on with me at this short notice. I appreciate it talking to you. I gotta have you uh, on again. Uh, is no problem. I appreciate you having me on. All right. Thank you, Zach. I'll talk to you later. Holla. Yeah. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube